0: I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central Show brought to you today by MTN Business. If you haven't already done so, youtube.com slash techcentral is the address to subscribe to us on YouTube. And why not find us on Meta Platform's brand new Threads app using the handle techcentralza. Now, the CEO of Takealot Group joins us, Mamun Chai Mahlare. Thank you so much for joining us in the Tech Central studio. Thank you, Duncan. Mahmoud Hai, you've been in the Take-A-Lot Group CEO role now for almost two years already. Uh, it feels like just yesterday you were appointed, actually. Um, but tell us a bit about yourself and your background. I believe you were in the sugar industry prior to joining Take-A-Lot.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I'm a chemical engineer by training. And okay. uh, I spend a fair amount of time, however, more in the business side um, of, of, of things. Um, I spend a number of years in commercial roles uh within SabMiller Unilever and um and and also uh CCBSA which was part of uh SabMiller in, in in South Africa
2: okay
1: and uh, before then before I joined uh Ilova Sugar at mm-hmm. a time I mean a month before SugarTex went live so I think it was a very interesting journey um of and uh, you know navigating a business and an industry yes uh, during very uh, challenging times, but uh, mm-hmm. a great journey nonetheless. So I'm very excited to be part of um, a Take-A-Lot group.
0: So have you always been in a, a business or management role? I mean, you studied chemical engineering. Yes. Did, did you ever get to put those skills to the test?
1: Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I mean, I did projects. I joined Julian Lever straight out of uh, university mm-hmm. and uh, worked in the Boxburg factory making margarine. Okay. Um, which was... Um, uh, a very great introduction because, as you know, I, you know Unilever is fantastic in terms of graduate development, and I think also the environment in terms of the opportunities and the responsibility I got given. Mm-hmm. I think you know, I mean, like getting to run a project six months out of university was was incredible, mm-hmm. and then I moved also uh, into the production side um, for for um, a number of years, and mm-hmm. so yeah, so I did do that for for a while and it was actually during that journey that um you know it felt like you at the end of decision making your job was to execute make the impossible possible in the factory right and uh, i really got interested in the business side of things like why these things were important to Mm -hmm. do and Mm -hmm. um, do they make business sense
2: right
1: you know are we going to make money out of all of these different packages that we're being asked to put together and uh and that's, that's, that's why I transitioned more into the business side because okay. I was particularly curious about how th- this whole uh, organization… How it, all works, how it all fits together. How it yeah. all fits together yeah. and the why. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah Right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. So um, a large part of your career then in fast-moving consumer goods, you're now in e-commerce. How did the Take-A-Lot uh, job come about? Um, was it advertised and you applied? Did someone <laughs> uh, Did someone poach you?
1: No, I got tapped on the shoulder about the the opportunity, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, and and then you said, "Well, like, you know, you, you always you know." My first interaction with the business was obviously as a consumer. Sure. Um, and so you, you I hadn't actually conceptualized the business side of this, um, you know, new new yeah. business. Um, and so. You know, I had to engage with the opportunity over a, a couple of months, and uh, and I thought like, well, you know, this this is a growth sector, mm-hmm. um, and it's also, um, you know, it's 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 leading mm-hmm. in, in 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 this country, and even globally. You know, digital markets are where the the growth
0: yeah. nodes
1: are, and yeah. so it would be fantastic to be part of building a sector and building a business yeah. that has.
0: Great ambitions. So, what's changed on your watch? You've, uh, in October, it will have been two years. Um, what have you done differently? What's changed to take a lot on your watch?
1: You know, I think w- what has really been a big privilege is inheriting the, the the business that is of great quality and the the, the exceptional uh, leadership team, um, great culture uh, with, with with that's very much values driven. Mm. And a very clear strategy. So to be honest, the, the my job was not to change, but really how do we um, continue the momentum right uh, that has been established and how do we continue building um, uh, on making the vision a reality? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, contextually, I think the changes that have happened have not been uh, unique to take Takealot Group, but they've been unique to our context. Mm-hmm. Um, and our job was, how do we respond to that? Mm-hmm. And and the the kind of things that have changed was like, you know, I joined at the tail end of of, of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the in the following months, there was in the um, Ukraine war and all that precipitated right. with it. Petrol prices going six, up sixty percent, and mm-hmm. we're a logistics business. Um, you know, what that meant in terms of consumer pressure, mm. you know, uh, prime rates are up, you know, f- over 575 basis points. Um, and, and I guess, you know, all of that says, you, you know, if you're going to be in business for any number of years, you are going to go through these uh, waves mm-hmm. of um, of. Uh, you know changes that would happen in in an economy and mm-hmm. our job is how do we really continue to to innovate on mm-hmm. on in in that context and reposition our playbook yes. to, 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 to remain, um, you know, a, a growth business.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, you, you took over this group CEO role from the founder CEO, yes. Kim Reed. Yes. He's still on the board, right? He's the chairman yes, of the business. Correct. How closely do you work together? I mean, he was obviously intimate in building, intimately involved in building yes. this business. And has it been a little, perhaps a little difficult for him to let go, given he was the founder CEO, there's fresh blood in now? How have yeah, you worked together?
1: Yeah. No, we work actually uh, incredibly well together. I mean, we have to, The more I'm in the business, the more I admire uh, the man and the team that have built this business mm. because you know it is not easy to build uh, a robust, well-run a uh, business yes. um, with all of the you know uh, headwinds that you deal mm. with uh, as a you know as, as an emerging business as well as an emerging sector mm. in. Um, in In this kind of economy so we we work well together i you know I respect his insight and and I think what is really helpful is that you know when you have built a business there a lot of things that you see coming a mile away and and so he's been great in the role of mm. um you know providing that direction and steer but also being very good about you know it's your job to run the operations and to mm. deal with that and he's there to provide um, you know the the guidance the sounding board right um, and also to kind of you know help calibrate to say you know you guys you know you need to move faster mm. here you know and and what about this mm. um, and you know so like the challenger supporter, Right. Role, which which is exactly what uh, what what he should be doing. Right. But, um, okay. Accountability is clear. <laughs> okay. I'm responsible for making sure we deliver. Right. What's 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 required for the business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this business is um, almost 100% owned, if not 100% owned, now by NicePash. How do you work with the NicePash team? What's the relationship there like?
1: I think the relationship is a lot more like um, you know a, a shareholder type of, of relationship. Okay. It's an accountability um mm. and, and, and a governance based relationship. Okay. They are very good about um understanding that it's our job to run the business mm-hmm. and um and, and so leave us to do to do our part. Um and they're incredibly supportive, particularly, you know, when it comes to all of the um, you know, in investment decision mm. in terms of also um, sharing some of what they see around the globe in in similar okay. businesses, and seeing how you know we can uh, connect and benefit from mm-hmm. from from those connections, and and I think it's very valuable to have that outside in yeah. um, perspective. That, but it's a hands off is-
0: relationship. It's they don't. Meddle in the day to day running of no,
1: technology. absolutely not. Yeah. Um, look, I think you know they have a big business, a big portfolio to There are other issues too on <laughs> and, their plate, yes. And also, yeah. you know, you, you these are entrepreneurial businesses, mm. and if you want entrepreneurial teams to behave in an entrepreneurial way, you need to give them the the space to be able to do so, but be very clear about um, the lines of accountability. Mm. Um, and and there's a very uh, professional. Um, Social system that mm-hmm. we operate within to make sure that there's, you know, you're always uh, on the same page about yeah. what's going on in the business, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Now you joined uh, Take a Lot when COVID was still raging, twenty twenty one. I think it was still raging in October twenty twenty one, or maybe it was starting to, to tail off, but. It had just had a transformative impact on e-commerce, mm. not just in South Africa, but around the world. Um, in your view, how how did COVID change online shopping in South Africa and what impact did it have on Takealot?
1: Hmm. I mean, COVID was very beneficial for the business. I mean, the, 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 in those two years, the business doubled in size. Good grief. Um, and, wow. and so that was quite transformative. What it did do um, for South Africans, I think it helped bring – um, you know, e-commerce closer
2: mm-hmm.
1: to um, to people's consideration mm-hmm. sets. Um, and it helped demonstrate the value, the convenience um, that uh, you know um, e-commerce brings towards um, how people can live their lives better. Yeah. so we we did see a lot more engagement uh, in terms of uh, consumers buying online. Um and, and not just kind of in the metros like you'd expect, across mm-hmm. all of South Africa. And mm-hmm. and because we have a national footprint, we were well positioned to be able to service all consumers from mm-hmm. rural Sukukuni land to Bantry Bay to um kakamas and, and all other really exotic places. <laughs> in the,
0: in, I've been to Kakamas.
1: <laughs> <You know, laughs> very and, small and, place. And, and and I think that is you know a lot of what is important, and yeah. and also how it did transform was we saw high growth of SMEs that uh, participated uh, in the platform, whether it was on takealot.com mm. uh, or Mister D in terms of more restaurants mm. um, then listing on the platform, and I think um, it was positive. Uh, so both for you know, growth of SMEs, growth of job opportunities, um, and, um, and and growth of e-commerce as mm. as a as a channel.
0: So, post the pandemic, um, as the market economy opened up again and people felt comfortable going into stores again, was there a was there a bit of a drop off in in e-commerce sales, or has that level we saw that high level we saw during COVID been maintained into 2023?
1: I mean, there was definitely a a shift um because people did return to stores, mm-hmm. but all of that was expected and so right. what what you saw was more a a slowdown in levels of growth and not but not a shift down in mm. terms of the base because uh we have grown uh, you know through that. Mm. Uh, readjustment and we, we we continue to grow and I think where we are now is uh, back on the long-term trend that, right. that we um, you know that we project for for the market uh, evolution
0: right H- how fast is the e-commerce market in South Africa expected to grow in the next few years?
1: Well, I think, you know, there is no one single um, a point of view, uh, but we have triangulated with a number of different data points and also using some of our our own IP. And, mm-hmm. and we reckon that um, the sector should, you know, be growing um, in the high teens for mm-hmm. the next couple of years. I mean, I think we need to remember that, you know, e-commerce is only 4% of total retail uh, and in comparable uh, Emerging markets around the world, you know, at a minimum you're looking at between 12 and 20 percent
0: so low? In, why is it so low here?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a number of factors, but uh, some of it is just, um, you know, take a lot itself is only 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So when you think, you know, a lot of other businesses only started around twelve years ago, yes. Whereas other markets uh, have been in the e-commerce g- game for at least double or triple that time. Sure. So I think it's just about a timing stage of, of maturity of, of the market of, of evolution mm-hmm. and yeah, maturity of the market. Um, and also, I think you know, the you know, we we talk about access to data, mm-hmm. uh, the, the cost of data. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about. Um, levels of service that have been digitized. I think the more um, general services are digitized, like if I was able to apply for my ID Mm. online or I was able to do a lot of my government services Mm. or other services that are part of the social fabric uh, online, that creates greater comfort in terms of being able to transact online for the general populace, Mm. which increases, therefore, the adoption of mm. e-commerce, et cetera. And I think uh, there are signs that we are going in that way. You know, our banking system has, has become a lot more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. You know, money transfers, the adoption of uh, smartphones. So I think we are on the journey. We're just, um, you know, a, a couple of decades behind, but, you know. Decades
0: uh, behind. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot yeah. of catching up to do. then. So we should be growing faster than than many other markets in terms of e-commerce.
1: Well, I think, you know, it's 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 all a relative game, right? Because there's um, you know, there's then um, you know, the, the, the level of investment that you mm. need to put into e commerce because it's not you know, like any other business it, it does take investment, um, to, to do so. And that's why we believe that the growth that we're going to see um in the long term will continue to be double digit for yeah. for, for some time. So yeah, so yeah. yes. And it does need to continue to be supported by, you know, or, you know, your mm. regulatory environment. It has to be supported right. by kind of just the health of retail in general and the economy. So I think the the phases will be influenced sure. by, um, you know, your our, our socioeconomic economic. Yep. Um, you know, dynamics.
0: Environment, yeah, yeah. And it's in a tough place at the moment. Absolutely. I want to talk about your latest numbers because nicepass I think it was last week, could be in the week before, published its full year results in which they always disclose some numbers associated with Take-A-Lot, not a lot, but some numbers. And um, this year, Naspass has disclosed that Take-A-Lot reported a 22 million US dollar loss for the full year ended 31 March. That's around 400 million Rand, I think at the current exchange rate. Um, and your revenue and GMV, which is gross merchandising value. What is that again?
1: Yeah, gross merchandising. What is GMV? Value.
0: What? Why is it so important in a retail context? What is GMV? Why is it measured? Gross merchandising value.
1: Yeah, because it's really just your the price at which you sell the product times okay. the number of products you sell. Right. Um, you know, but that's not necessarily. It. Always the the money you make. Yes, um, I've just
0: noticed a lot of retailers use this term GMV, and yeah. not from the retail space. I'm not yeah. sure why it's yeah. important relative relative to revenue.
1: Because it's comparable across all other um, retailers, regardless of your business model. Right. I and mean, if you think about the Takealot.com mm-hmm. uh, business, mm-hmm. its revenue, you know, its GMV, you know, its business is um, there's a retail business and there's a marketplace yeah. business. Yeah. And so, right, you see the the difference. On mm. the one side, my revenue is made out of uh, the fees that mm. I earn out of providing the service to the marketplace, mm-hmm. and on the other side, it's, it's the, fine, the, the mm-hmm. It's then the, the margins that I make. You know, so it's it's very different business models, but GMV is comparable okay. across all, all of them, similar to right. the food, uh, food delivery uh, business, or even grocery delivery. So, sure, sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So according to Naspers, your GMV in rand terms uh, was 13% down from 46% in the previous year and your revenue growth was 12%. Still a respectable number if you compare it to traditional retailers, but that's also down from 36%. So there is some pressure on the business. Um what's what are the principal reasons for this slowdown we're seeing and what does the prognosis look like?
1: Hmm. I think the the reasons for the change that you're seeing is w- where we started the conversation, which is what was the effect of COVID mm-hmm. um, on, on the business. And the, the the number one thing was, you know, the growth that you're comparing backwards. Was in a COVID, to COVID year. Was in a COVID year. Mm-hmm. Totally different context and, and not uh, a, a business sure. as, as usual growth. So I think the growth that we saw last year, that was the first year. I mean, it was only June last year that the masks came off. Yes. Right, and and so I guess we, yes. we must keep that in context. One right? forgets
0: quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, we you mm. know right now it feels like COVID was years ago. It does, but it was only literally a year ago, a year ago that the the mask mm. came off, right? So that environment is a huge change. Therefore, uh, in in terms of um, the the operating context and readjustment sure. to um, the new back to. The new old, in, yeah. in 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 a way, mm-hmm. um, and and so I would, you know, I would treat um, that result as an indication of, um, a, you know, a shift sure. that, that that is happening in in the context, and as I said, we expect growth uh, outlook to continue to be um, in 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 the high teens, high teens going sorry. forward.
0: So a bit of an acceleration from what we've seen here. And this is kind of a new base, I guess, post-COVID. Yes. And you're going to grow again from this and, point. And,
1: it, you know, from mm. June to June, then mm. you've, you've kind of you know, actually um, rebased out, out of COVID. Yeah. And and I think, yes, uh, you know, the, the levels of growth will to mm. some degree be be influenced by the context and the pressure on the consumer. But sure. fundamentally, given that e-commerce is still, you know, only 4% of total retail, mm. you know, the the real – uh, growth for the business is about how do you get more consumers, um, you know, mm. having e-commerce as a consideration of their purchase mm-hmm. choices um, rather than trying to, you know, uh, we d- we don't depend on economic growth to right. drive e-commerce. Right, right. Uh, it's it's about a proposition growth and a penetration growth.
0: Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. So, um. What does the profit outlook look for take like? I mean, you twenty two million dollar loss. I think you were close to break even in the prior year. The business is obviously still investing for growth. Mm. Um does it matter that it's not profitable at this stage? Um and, and do you continue to make losses in the coming years, or is there an aggressive focus on on uh, on, on turning this business profitable?
1: Mm. So absolutely. So first of all, I think it's important to to zoom out a bit and mm-hmm. say one is Let's talk about there's the Take A lot Group result, which is what is what we being Group re, what mm-hmm. report and what you see. Right. Um, you, we must bear in mind that Takealot.com, which is one of the businesses of Take lot Group, yeah. um, is profitable and has been profitable since twenty twenty one. Um as you know, your last conversation with uh, my chairman, Kim Reed, he, yes. you know, he mentioned he mentioned that, right? And that has stayed uh, profitable, mm-hmm. so that's that's an important marker to, to 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 land. And then secondly, is like you've got Superbalist and um, Mr D um, businesses that are still uh, coming out of their J curve, right? And therefore, I think it's also important to uh, bear in mind that given the stages of um, e- evolution of those businesses, um, it is normal that. Uh, mm-hmm. that there are some losses. Mm-hmm. Of course, NASPERS has come out quite clearly that, you know, across the world, across the entire portfolio, the, the, the you know, the drivers for profitability of mm-hmm. all of their, their their businesses. And that's been uh, the drive for this business uh, as well. It took 10 mm-hmm. years for techlot.com to be, to break profitability, which is actually phenomenal when you compare it to how long it took a lot of other. Mm-hmm. Global competitors to, to be able to achieve that in in, in their years of evolution. Sure. Um, and and so um, we 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 confident that uh, both of these businesses will also um, achieve their profitability in the next two financial years, and okay. that's
0: what we. And that will lift the tools. whole group into the green, potentially.
1: Then then the, the you know we will lift the group um, into the green, and uh, you know. Hopefully there are no, um, you know, rude awakenings from a context point of view as sure, well. Because sure. I, I think, you know, for the businesses like takealot.com to remain profitable, given some of the headwinds we've seen, mm-hmm. I mean, we're essentially a part of our, our very you know, of, of our business is a is a is a big logistics business, mm-hmm. and and you know, petrol diesel price gone up sixty percent last year. Mm-hmm right and and you look at what uh, load shedding has done you mm-hmm. look at all the other um, headwinds that that um, the business have had to mm-hmm. uh, navigate through i think it's a phenomenal outcome mm-hmm. and i think it's phenomenal that even the the other growth businesses um you know withstood that and are still uh, being uh, positioned yeah. for um you know more uh, res- resilient and, and um and, and 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 on a growth trajectory and that remains the same you know we want all our businesses to be profitable that's why we're in business and we believe that you know we need to achieve that in a sustainable way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's important
0: okay tell me a bit about your relationship with pick and pay uh, how that came mm. about and where that's going
1: yeah, so I mean, I think that was an exciting partnership for us. Um, when we think about um, some of the, you know, growth opportunities in in e-commerce, I think it was evident that uh, grocery, mm. um, on-demand grocery, is a that really took off in COVID. it absolutely took off in COVID and continues to grow, because the proposition is 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 very pertinent to um, everyday South Africans, particularly uh, time-starved. Yes. Um, You know, individuals, or even individuals, where it it provides a level of convenience. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to get into a taxi to go do your grocery shopping. It can come to you. Yeah. Now that we have such a um, good distribution of um, retail outlets mm-hmm. uh, across um, our landscape, um, the so one of the growth notes for us was on demand grocery. How do we get um, to to play in 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 that space? Uh, Mr. D is, is is our on-demand business. Yeah. I mean, we do, you know, at the moment we do, uh, you know, food delivery, restaurant food delivery. We've got now we've got groceries. Uh, we have pets and uh, and gifting, mm-hmm. and 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 as an on-demand business, th- this was a big opportunity that we were looking into, and of course we explored uh, lots of different models. And um, and we then also uh, was an opportunity to engage with Pick and Pay about, mm. um, you know, partnering to be able to to
0: provide um, this this service. Had you worked and with them uh, before? How did this relationship come about?
1: No, and I think you know it's um, I don't know that there is only one particular thing that you you know you you connect all the way through, but I think in 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 various conversations as. You know, we were looking at potential partners. Mm -hmm. Um, They were also um, really thinking about how do they take their online presence forward. Right. And I think it was just a um, meeting of the minds, a a, a meeting of the minds, and 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 an aligned proposition where each party brings something valuable to the table that the other, um, you know, cannot bring. Mm. So that's what makes the partnership Mm. a, a a productive one because we provide you know uh, e-commerce expertise and um you know logistic mm. uh backbone that is unparalleled right and then on the other side they then bring you know they one of the leading retail grocery retailers in this country yeah. deep expertise in that and um and, and 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 together we then were able to to be able to form a, a partnership that uh, that is working, and and mm. I, I must admit it's been wonderful to see. I mean, from when we agreed uh, to um, to go live, it took us about seven months to to go live, and it was, uh, you know, credit to a phenomenal uh, team that that really pulled that all together. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it's really investing in, in in building the business and 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 learning as we grow. Sure, and uh, and and so far. So far, so good.
0: So what's the relationship like with pick and pay? Was this a project that you did or is there a a closer relationship and do you see yourselves as take a lot working much more closely with pick and pay on possibly other projects going forward?
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, we see it as a partnership Mm -hmm. um, and we don't try and constrain what it could lead to. Mm -hmm. I think there is, we've got to work on opportunities that have mutual benefit, right? Uh, And so, we are, I mean we we've working with them on other initiatives as well, so like pick up points, having um, you know, pick up points in some of their outlets. Uh, it makes I mean sense. Oh, in pick and pay outlets, yes. Yes, in they can pay outlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes sense and, and we're looking we actually we've done two and we're looking at doing more of those. And we'll continue to um to to explore all of those opportunities. Mm. Um you know, um I think there is power in partnerships and we've seen that also in our superbolous business in partnership with H H&M. and M right. and and uh you know if you if you pick the right partners um have a clear um point of, mm. of alignment, um and and you can um, both have like some real win win yeah. what
0: comes out of that. Yeah. Out of interest, though, I mean the traditional retailers in South Africa, I think, were, were quite far behind when it com- came to e-commerce, and I think a lot of them have been investing significantly in their e-commerce capabilities since COVID hit. And um, certainly, some of the some of the, I've certainly noticed some retailers have definitely upped their game in terms of what they're offering into the market. Do you see Takealot Group's competition as principally the traditional retailers who are now starting to get into the online game, or do you see your principal comp- competition being? other e-commerce companies.
1: I mean we see our business as a retail business. Right. The market is retail. Mm -hmm. E-commerce is a part part of of retail. Okay. So that 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 answers who we see. They're all competitors. They're all competitors. Okay. Um so yes, that's how we see it.
0: Right. Right. Well let's 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 talk about the uh the elephant in the room if I can call Mm. it that. And that's the um the rumours, they're not nothing concrete yet as far as I know, that Amazon is planning to launch a marketplace in South Africa before the end of this year. I don't know if you've heard anything else, but I, I've been hearing November, December this year. I don't know if there's anything else, any other rumours in the market. But what do you expect, if they come, what do you expect the impact of that is going to be on the market broadly and on Takealot specifically?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, I think you know if we have ambitions of e-commerce being – you know 12 20% of of retail in this country mm. it goes to reason that there needs to be more players um yeah. and uh, and they would also see the same opportunity we are seeing mm. to invest behind right so the opportunity is not about um what exists today is what this could be yeah and so what we would expect is that with uh, more investment mm-hmm. uh with more building of the category with more continued uh, challenge around how do we expand and innovate um, the, the offering and relevance of e-commerce in in South Africans life that the adoption will therefore uh, grow
2: mm-hmm.
1: so our expectations and and our hope is that um, their entrance uh, does bring about that investment in building the category mm-hmm. and and growing the sector sure. Because that's that's where the value lies fundamentally, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and the the impact on on take a lot group. To be honest, I think it you know it really just all depends on um, you know how they enter and how they approach the market, mm. and I can't predict what that would look like. Fair enough. Um, and so our focus is is, is really staying um, focused on, on on our core business and focus on delivering what is right for right. the consumer sure. because at the end of the day this is uh, you know the the war is 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 won uh and the value is built on the back of providing great consumer mm. um consumer centric service yeah. and that's that's what our focus is
0: do you need an answer to amazon prime um they are but It's said they're going to launch Amazon Marketplace in South Africa with Amazon Prime, which we know in the US and in other markets has proved to be exceptionally popular. Does it take a lot to launch an equivalent service in in this market?
1: Yeah, look, I think we we will launch what we believe is um, is appropriate and what is going to be relevant mm-hmm. uh, to to the South African consumer, and it's not going to be a, a a one one prong approach. Yeah. Um, and that's about all I can say. Okay, about that. all right. Don't
0: want to give away all your secrets at this stage, but uh, uh, we are months away potentially from a launch. so It's going to be fascinating to see how this market develops in the next mm. in the next few years. Having two big players really having a go at each other, hammer and tongs. Well, at least yeah. and to be
1: honest, mm. I don't think. Um, I think, as we said, you know, the a, a lot of South African retailers mm. have upped their investment in they in the sector, mm. and so really the competition isn't going to be. Uh, Amazon versus takealot group or takealot.com it's actually going to be you know takealot group uh, it's going to be uh, sh- you know checkers it's going to and be walmart whatever. walmart mm, it's mm. going to be you know <laughs> um all of the other players you know the tfg you name it mr price yes Every, everybody is um is is investing in this uh, in in their e-commerce um mm. you know offering and so the competition is um is sector wide mm. um and and that's that's something we we need to keep in mind um you know. it's getting
0: tougher out there isn't it is it putting pressure on margins
1: look i think it's you know there there's, it it's putting more juice around innovation mm. and around focus um and 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 being sharper about your offering right you know because you you know and i think the business has done it well before even um, in in the absence of really tough competition, but because to build a compelling proposition that that is scalable, mm. you, you always needed to continue to innovate. So, you know, um, the, the, I think, you know, the competition is healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end it's of the day, it's, great, it, it's mm. great for consumers. It's great for business, um, but it needs to be healthy competition or, you know, and and I think so far we've seen it being healthy, healthy. because everybody has been focused about how do I build my proposition yeah. to be scalable, relevant, and profitable.
0: What would be unhealthy competition in your view?
1: Oof, I price think price war. Wow, that, that's that's never been constructive. I've been uh, in in beer before, and we've seen in beer <laughs> beer okay. price wars okay. and what all that does. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not sensible, right? Mm. Uh, because it's first of all, anything that is a war between organisations, mm. like what what is it in service of?
0: Gaining market share, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, but when you yeah. if you if your business is about really providing a valuable service to consumers. Mm. You got to ask yourself is this helping me to do that? Right. You know, if at the end of the day it destabilizes uh, sustainability of of the of the underlying business, yeah. no, that's not that's not helpful. So yeah, I think sure. it's you got to have the consumer lens on it and you got to have a long-term mm-hmm. long-term view on it. Yeah. Is is this going to add value?
0: I'd like to talk to you a little bit about what may actually be a bigger threat to your business in the long term than, than Amazon or any other player in the market. And that's what's happening at the Competition Commission. Um, they're, they've they been busy with this online markets. I forget the full name of the inquiry they're doing, an online markets inquiry in South Africa, which um, seems to have been dragging on for a very long time. They keep extending the deadline for the report uh, that they're producing. Um, I know that lot has been quite closely involved in this inquiry and has made submissions to the commission. Just broadly, um, what are your what are your views? What are your concerns about this inquiry that the Competition Commission is doing? Are you are you very worried about what might come out of this?
1: Mm. Mm. The Competition Commission. <laughs> um,
0: I can see this is a vexing issue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, look, I think it's an important issue. As you said, you know, any time we're. You are engaging with regulators. You, you know, you you have to pay um, proper attention to what is going on, mm-hmm. uh, and and we, you know, you um, you have to engage uh, constructively, which we which we have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a market inquiry by design, as I understand it, is about building understanding and knowledge of the marketplace, mm-hmm. and about assessing whether or not there are any indication of. Um, you know competitive activity that might be um you know on towards towards growing
2: right.
1: the, the 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 sector we have participated quite actively as 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 you're aware and quite constructively with the, with the commission along the journey and um you know at times we we have struggled to understand what the what the intent is mm-hmm. but what um we now understand is like you know it it was about really making sure that um the there is enablement mm-hmm. for the sector to um to, to continue to grow and in doing so to create space for many players to also participate. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in the in the growth of the, 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 the e-commerce or digital markets more broadly because sure. it wasn't really just about e commerce. Um so what do I hope comes out of this? You know, I hope what comes out of this is one is an acknowledgement around um how actually the The business model and the conduct of the take a lot group over the last thirteen years have mm-hmm. been far more aligned to the objective of the competition commission that may have been obvious you know as you as you're aware you know um the business is very much heavily um integrated it's in the business model around enabling SMEs. Mm. is uh, your marketplace as, 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 You know, marketplace mm. in techalot.com and the restaurant business in, in, in Mr. D. Mm-hmm. And in Superblest, we have over 112 local brands. So very much all SME enablement. Uh, the ecosystem supports over 33,000 jobs. We have about 18,000 SMEs or, uh, across the, the ecosystem that have... Um, that that have been enabled um, on 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 each of those platforms. Mm-hmm. So this says a sign of an inclusive. It is also uh, diverse, um, and and you know and and the, those are part of the objectives of the, um, mm-hmm. you know the the competition, is is more of an inclusive economy, and this is a demonstration of a model that works mm-hmm. towards how you deliver that. So so the one part is. The you know the appreciation of what these models can actually do towards actually making an inclusive economy and a and and, and a growing economy and one that also grows jobs, which I believe are the three important pillars to yeah. to be considered. There, the 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 other hope is is then around you know regulatory or policy frameworks that become more enabling. You know, because as I, as we said, you know, we are probably 10, 15, uh, 20 years behind uh, some of our peers in terms of the maturity of, of, of our sector here. Mm-hmm. And the question is, you know, will the outcomes of this report um, have elements around how do we leapfrog? Mm um in terms of 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 the the development of this category to the direct benefit of growing this economy creating jobs and diversifying uh, economic participation because that's what sure. smes do right yeah. so that's my hope um and in terms of um you know and and then my fears, therefore if there is anything that is opposite to that mm-hmm. right because i think south africa cannot afford a misstep mm-hmm. in the sector we mm-hmm. absolutely cannot
0: and there's a risk of that happening in your view with these regulations are too tough
1: look it's it's unclear um and what we what i would say is my caution would be um let, let us make sure that in um you know progressing through this mm. that we are um we are cognizant around being enabling and not constraining sure um, and also about considering um, the timing of when we do things I mean mm-hmm. four percent of of retail for e-commerce we, we, we still know it. mm-hmm. and it's hard to predict uh, what the what what the future is going to be you know today's uh, emerging um, you know players, mm. It it it's not a foregone conclusion that in twenty years' time it's going to be the, same. the 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 same. And it's important to create um, you know, the room and the flexibility for um our sector to grow towards making sure that homegrown champions are built in this country, just like mm. other markets have been able to achieve. Right? And so that's You'd like to see a very much a
0: hands-off approach. I mean, is there, in your view, given that the commission is looking at this, do you think there's any, do you think they have any argument in competition law to impose any regulatory uh, um, solutions or interventions in the e-commerce market? Is there anything from a competition perspective that's broken in e-commerce in South Africa that needs fixing by a regulator? Or should the competition commission be taking a completely hands-off approach for now?
1: Well, look, I mean, as a, As a business player, you know, you're always saying that like, you know, what is required to make sure that there is a a responsible playground. And Mm. I think our competition laws are quite robust in in, in my point of view, but I'm not an expert in that field, so I I don't want to
0: project too much. But from competition in the sector, Um, I mean, it looks like… The sector
1: is incredibly competitive. As Mm. you said, we are in a retail sector. Yes. And that is an important… Um, a point of departure in mm. in considering even uh, you know market definitions in in this space. Mm. We are in retail.
0: You're not an IT company. You're a retailer.
1: I'm a retailer. <laughs> I am competing, uh, I'm competing against established um, and emerging businesses yes. in the same in the same way. You know. So today, when you you know want to to buy a cell phone or a TV or you want to you know buy your know, groceries. You have a consideration set of options sure. that I'm competing against. So I don't, you know, I think the competition is very healthy. It's very robust in in in, in the sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they and I guess when you look at what has had what is emerging globally, um, they they are right to um, to ask themselves the question around: Have we are we creating an environment that is not going to duplicate the um, the negatives of what we see globally but mm. can duplicate the positives of what we see globally. How do we think about that? How do we make sure that um, our environment is showing signs of more of the positive benefits? Mm. So I think it's appropriate that, that they concern themselves with those um, and it's equally appropriate to also uh, say how do we make sure that um, you know we we are more deliberate and cautious around mm-hmm. what we do when uh to make sure that um we create a space for this to evolve in a way that is going to be relevant to to South Africa mm-hmm. you know because you know each each market has its nuances mm-hmm. um and because we have the benefit of learning from what has happened um elsewhere you know we, we are unlikely to just replicate mm. what exists because even, even in the business model, the business model may be the same, but how you actually execute it in South Africa, there are local nuances. Yeah. There are homegrown realities. There's high unemployment rate, you know, our education level, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things will shape how this industry evolves in this country mm. and what it does need to be enabled. Uh, whereas in some markets those things may not be necessary mm. so m- my view is that the, the the sector is is competitive i think the sector is healthy um i think they um they have also they are well within their right to to make sure that the environment is uh, conducive mm-hmm. um and our hope is that as we move forward that um it will be more focused around enabling and um, and a more deliberate uh, ab- approach. Um, okay. So in other words, uh, yeah.
0: In other words, um, by all means, investigate the market, understand the market, but then tread lightly.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that you know, and and because there's a lot that is unknown, we are we're still so nascent mm-hmm. in our evolution, mm-hmm. and our context is unique. Mm-hmm. That there are South African nuances that we need to appreciate, as we think about this thing. We mm. need more jobs, more businesses uh, across, um, you know, the nation, like decades ago, mm. mm-hmm. and this is quite honestly one of the few frontiers that has demonstrated this clear evidence. Mm-hmm. Take a look, group. Uh, numbers: thirty-three thousand jobs, eighteen thousand SMEs enabled. Uh, you know, in in ten years, multiply that by ten. Transformative for for yes. this country. Whether it's just, and it's not going to be just a take a lot dot group story. Mm-hmm. It's going to be with multiple players because we've seen that investment happening in this space. And I'm particularly passionate about the power um, of e-commerce mm-hmm. as a great equalizer mm-hmm. um, for. Or for our economy.
0: Before I let you go, and I, I know there's a there's a lot of balls in the air at the moment and in this industry competition commission is but one of them, but um, so let me ask you what the sector is going to look like at the end of this decade, seven years from now. Um, what do you think is going to happen with e-commerce? What percentage, first of all, of total retail sales <laughs> will be online in South Africa? And how, how do you see the industry developing over the next few years, given the yeah. we we... It's likely that Amazon's coming in, the market's getting more yeah. competitive, there is a regulator paying interest in yeah. this space. What, what What is e-commerce going to look like in South Africa at the end of the That by, is by the such end of the
1: an important question. And it's such a and, a... and I think the answer becomes, you know, a lot of it it depends.
0: Okay. Of course, right? on so many on different so, things. On exactly yeah.
1: those, you know, what does the regulation do? What are the other things that... Uh, can take place that that enable the, the environment or not, but that notwithstanding, is that what is the potential? Mm-hmm. I think um, there's a potential for um, in in seven years for sure for the sector to have doubled again to be mm-hmm. at least about you know um, seven to eight percent of mm-hmm. of retail. Uh, we expect um, growth. Out of all of the different sectors, you know, so like you know, there's a lot of general merchandise. There's a grocery delivery. There's a food delivery. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of services, and we expect more of other segments um, of of the uh, of, of retail to 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 also go online, um, and a lot more services that that are going to then um, really grow out of that ecosystem, mm. um, and I think that's where it also becomes. Fascinating, And the way the, the multiplier effect extends beyond kind of like the core e-commerce mm. businesses as all of the other eco, ecosystem opportunities that arise as mm-hmm. a consequence of scale um, in, in, in the space are going to be, um, you know, can be quite phenomenal, actually. Um, is,
0: is the logistics uh, issue solved in this country or is more work needed there to get down the cost of delivering e-commerce goods to the… To the, to the end user?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, what's the problem statement when it comes to um, A lot logistics. of people don't even have
0: addresses in this country, yeah. which is a problem.
1: It's actually not a problem. Is it not? Um,
0: what three words know, and those sort of services? Yeah,
1: well, my parents live in, in, in a village where mm. there are no street addresses. Mm. And initially I also thought like, well, there goes e-commerce opportunity <laughs> for being able to deliver uh, things to them. Um, but they get they get take a lot dot uh, com or superbist uh, deliveries uh, today. How? Um and it's it's quite simple. First mm. of all is um, you know, g- gps technology is you can okay. drop a pin in terms of where where the house is and um and you know, okay. we, we can get there. There ways around it as as, okay. as as a consequence. So I think addresses uh, are no longer an issue, it was a problem, there's a solution and now uh, we we're able to, to move forward. I think, obviously, the infrastructure is an important contributor towards, um, you know, logistic costs. I think, you know, um, whether it's roads or whether it's petrol prices, Mm. um, you know, particularly uh, petrol prices are – because that's really a huge part of of, of the logistic costs. So I think the the more we have as a, you know, a network uh, around this country that is – you know that that drives efficiency mm. um you know the the better it will be for for e-commerce um but i think it's also it's an opportunity yeah. and and the people have moved into into that space uh to to provide um to close the gap as it were and that's that's enabled um you know um the the business to to be able to to continue we have invested in our own logistics network, mm-hmm. to make sure that we can um, provide uh, the national footprint service and and be able to to get to Kakamas and get to Sukukuniland right. Land, mm-hmm. um, and and make sure that our consumers get the same quality of service regardless of your ge- geography or whether you have an address or not,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and and I believe that has presented um, an opportunity, which which is.
0: Yeah. powerful well, while we we're on logistics I said I was going to this is promised my final question the post office um, it's largely dysfunctional at the moment from what I can tell um is there a role for the post office in e-commerce going forward? I mean, there's a, I think there's a, a court case going on at the moment about the post office trying to enforce a monopoly it claims it has over parcels that weigh less than a kilogram. If, that, if the court signs with the post office, is that going to be devastating for the e-commerce industry? And do you see a role for the post office at all in e-commerce going forward?
1: Well, I think the first question is, you know, is there going to be a post office? Um mm-hmm. <laughs> it's unclear at the moment as there are liquidation yeah. uh, um you know um issues circulating around that um so I don't know if if will will be uh, even, disappear. <laughs> even even something that we can we can talk about, and I think from what we can read in terms of what some of the stuff that they had been intending to do it was more going to be like you know a toll on one kilogram or less. Mm-hmm. Prices. So the intent is not really to do the delivery of one kg, is you know because if you have the right, then somebody must pay you a fee for. Oh, doing they want to what collect what a tax, do. do they? So, so, so that's <laughs> you know, yeah. you know because today is, you know, they would need to to be able to be a player mm. or to provide a real service mm-hmm. on the ground. They would need significant investment, investment in technology, investment in capability, um, and 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 really revive all of that network mm. that, in a lot of areas, has ceased to to be functional. Mm-hmm. So, to be honest, it would be a, quite a big startup that they would have to 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 do mm. to to be able to play a meaningful on the ground role. Yes. Um. And so, so there's that outcome, and then the other alternative is, yeah, you, know, you collect a toll fee for yeah
0: for parcels, which wouldn't um, be great for e-commerce because it's just going to increase costs for the end user.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: but it would not um, be a a deal breaker. Mm. I think the you know the business has businesses in e-commerce have a real. Um, You know, a service that they are delivering. um, And they will continue to to do so. Um, It would be unfortunate if there are more hurdles Mm. being put along the way. Uh, As I said, you know, why should e commerce
0: players be propping up some zombie peristatal? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Um, But that's my opinion. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Yes. Mamun Chai Matlare is CEO of Take a Lot Group. Thanks so much for coming to the studio. It's been a great discussion.
1: Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Pleasure. Thank you.